without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. That verse six is a commentary on Enoch's belief system. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. There once was a man who was and then wasn't, for God took him. Hi, and welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thanks for joining us. Today we're continuing the series, The Unsung Heroes of the Bible, with a look at an incredible man named Enoch. Enoch is the first person in the Bible to literally be snatched from the earth while he was alive and walking. We call it rapture. As you probably know, the Bible promises the day will come when God's church is raptured in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Enoch just happens to be an Old Testament example of what this incredible moment will look like. He was there, and then he wasn't. But it was his righteous walk with God that made him a candidate for this incredible moment, which is why I've included him as an unsung hero of the Bible. So grab your Bible and follow along as I share the message, Enoch the first raptured man. The Bible says amazing things without blinking. We're told here about a man that was taken away by God so that he did not see death. This man, Enoch, did not die. He never had a funeral. There's two men in the Old Testament that never had a funeral. Enoch and Elijah. Now, usually you'll hear a message on Elijah, but not Enoch. But in light of such an incredible life, it's interesting that the Bible only gives us 10 verses on this man, 10 passages in the Old and the New Testament on this man, Enoch. But those 10 verses are packed with amazing statements. Now, while many heroes of the faith were martyrs, Enoch and Elijah never had a funeral. They completely escaped death's clutches. And they are really an example for us of what God is going to do with his church one day. So I want you to really pay attention to this because we see here that God is able to take somebody off the planet without their ever having died. Now, what made Enoch so special? I want to know that God snatched him off the planet. What made him so special that God essentially looked down and said, I like him so much, I want him up here with me. What made him so special? Well, we're given a hint in Hebrews 11.5, the verse we read, and it's this, he pleased God. Three simple words. Can you say it with me? He pleased God. We're going to read that really actually it was his faith that pleased God. But Enoch walked with God in such a way that his faith translated into a lifestyle that pleased God. Now, when I look at some of the Bible greats, I see that Moses was marked by his meekness. He was known for meekness. It says Moses was the meekest man on the face of the earth. That doesn't mean he was weak. Weak is not meek. 
Meek means submitted to God. He was submitted to God and walked with God through anything God asked him to. That's meekness. He wasn't weak. He was meek. Samson was known for his incredible strength, and he was the he-man with the she-weakness. Daniel was known for fearlessness in the lion's den, and he didn't care that they saw him praying in the window, and he was going to be persecuted for it. He still stood up for God when everybody else was cowering, known for his fearlessness. Ezekiel is known for his incredible visions, the wheel within a wheel, and all the things you see in the book of Ezekiel. And then Paul is known for his passion for souls and the fact that he wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit two-thirds of the New Testament. John's remembered for the book of Revelation. What an amazing book. I just went through it in my own personal devotions again in the mornings, and it just leaped at me and spoke to me. John's revelation. But Enoch's career is distinguished by pleasing God and defying death. A little bit of history relating to Enoch's day. Now, Enoch lived in the days before Noah's flood. Very important. We call it the antediluvian age. Before the great flood covered the earth, and it did, archaeologists now have discovered all kinds of evidences that it happened. Before the flood that Noah had prepared for, Enoch lived. Now, that time period, there's a reason God sent the flood. He sent the flood because of the exceeding wickedness of the antediluvian age. This was an age where the Bible tells us in Genesis that the world was filled with violence. The earth was filled with violence. As man distances himself from God, violence always fills the vacuum. Man without God is a violent creature. And so violence filled the earth, the Bible says. And the Bible also says that it was a time that God looked down and was actually sorry that he had made man. He was sorry. And the Bible further records that when the Lord looked down on earth, he observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth. And here's how bad it was. He saw that everything people thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. From adults to children, what men thought about, imagined in their minds, was consistently, there was not a righteous thought was entering into the minds of men. They were consistently evil. Man was completely depraved. I used to wonder how that could happen. I couldn't imagine how it could be so universal, that wickedness could be so universal in its scope that not a righteous thought could enter the mind of men until I look at our day today and I'm watching the moral spiral as the West seems to be spiraling into further and further depravity when you put God out, not only does violence come in, but rampant, deep, depraved immorality takes root. Because we will have a God. And if our God is not God, we often make sensuality. We make wickedness. We make evil, violence, our God. We crown something God. And I can see that it's the, the evil that is leavening the West right now is moving way down into junior high and elementary school age children where they are being now indoctrinated by a secular culture in things that I never even knew about until much later in life. 
God help our children in our schools. It had reached the point where God would soon judge the entire earth. He said, I'm going to judge the entire earth with a great flood. And he spoke to a man named Noah. And he said, Noah, I want you to begin to build a boat, an ark, three stories high. Here's the measurements. I want you to do it because even though it's never rained on the earth, because the Bible says a mist had come up from the earth and watered the earth, and there had never been a rain cloud and rain had never fallen prior to Noah's day. The earth had been watered by a mist. And the environment was such that men did not age like they do in the current environment. Apparently UV rays from the sun did not get through like they do now. And the ozone was perhaps much thicker. I don't really know. I know that men live much longer than they do now. Because when man fell and sin entered the human race, the lifespan of men began to decline. But in Noah's day and Adam's day, they lived 800, 900 years. Enoch lived 365 years before he was taken. The book of Genesis paints a brief biographical sketch of Enoch. And I want you to listen to this because here he is living in this deeply dark hour, backslidden hour, depraved hour. God's about to send judgment. But it says about Enoch, Genesis 5, 21 through 24, when Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. And after he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 more years and had other sons and daughters, and altogether Enoch lived 365 years. And then it says in verse 24, Enoch walked with God, then he was no more because God took him away. He was there one second, the next second, he was gone. God took him. What an amazing passage. Now when the Bible says he was no more because God took him away, it doesn't mean that God changed his earthly address. He didn't move him from one state to another, from one geographical location to another. The word took means that God suddenly interrupted Enoch's life, interrupted his activity, caught him up into heaven, and he was gone just like that. Search parties could not find him. We read in the Bible, it says they looked for him. They could not find him. He could not be found, the scripture says. Local authorities were baffled. He had family. He had children. He had neighbors. He had friends. He'd been on the earth 365 years and suddenly he's gone. Nobody can find this man. He seemingly vanished into thin air. Wife, children, friends could not locate his whereabouts. He had not said one thing when he left that day. No clue, but God knew. Enoch had experienced an instant translation like a flash of lightning. He was gone, first raptured man. Now, Enoch's experience perfectly resembles what Paul describes in the New Testament as being imminent for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't forget this happened to Enoch and then Elijah, when he was raptured up, was taken up while Elisha, his protege, watched him. He was taken up and he was gone. Two men raptured as if God was wanting us to have an idea of what was going to happen one day to millions of people who are a part of the Lord Jesus Christ and his church. Listen to what Paul wrote. Listen, I tell you a mystery, he says. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a flash, in a moment. The Greek word for moment there is atomos. 
It's where we get the word atom. It means a moment of time that you can't split. In a moment of time, in a flash, in a blink, in a camera flash. At the last trumpet, the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, the dead will be raised out of the grave, and we who are alive and remain, yet know Christ, shall be caught up together, just like Enoch was caught up, into the clouds, and so shall we ever be with the Lord, wherefore comfort one another with these words. Paul said we will be changed in a moment, changed, translated, caught up. And Christ said, you don't know the day or the hour. I will come like a thief in the night. When men are saying peace and safety, then sudden calamity will come upon them. And he said, I'm going to come like a thief. You don't know when a thief is coming or when he's left. He comes through the back door. He comes unexpectedly. He takes something and he's gone before people realize it. That's how Christ will come. And like Enoch and like Elijah, the church will be raptured out in a flash. The story of Enoch is a type. It's a foreshadowing of future events reserved for the last days. And so we have in Enoch a man that loved God and who was a father of some great children, chief among them being Methuselah, his firstborn. Remember that name. We have in Enoch a man who walked with God, became so close, so intimate, so vivid. His walk was so real that God took him off the planet as a picture. And he took him off the planet as the first raptured man. Now let me trace his life a minute because how did his life lead up to this moment? This dramatic, incredible, unprecedented moment. This had never happened to a man, to anyone. It was a first. It was a prototype. Let's look at him first. When I look at the life of Enoch, I see that he was a man who changed for God. Enoch changed for God. Let's read the passage again. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. And after he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Now catch this with me. Something dramatic happened when Enoch was 65 years old. Some defining moment rocked his world. Something got his attention. A great change took place because we don't read of him walking with God before he was 65. The Bible makes a point of saying at 65 when Methuselah was born, he suddenly began to walk with God. For 300 years he walked with God. What was it about the birth of Methuselah that caused him to say, it's time for me to walk with God? What was the defining moment? What changed him? The Bible connects his change with the birth of Methuselah. What was it about Methuselah that made him say, time to do it, time to walk with God? The mystery is found in the name, Methuselah. The mystery is found in the name. Methuselah's name means this, catch this, quote, in the year of his death, it shall come. In the year of my son's death, it shall come. What in the world was the it? Here he is. He's about to name this boy. God speaks to him and says, you call him Methuselah. In the year of his birth, in the time that he dies, when he dies, it shall come. Well, we know now what the it was. The it was 
Noah's flood. It was when God was going to judge the entire world. Get this. God had told Enoch that the life of this special child would literally be the hourglass that counted down the years remaining for planet Earth prior to God's judgment. You better pray he lives a long time. You better pray he really lasts. You better feed him good. Make sure he exercises, eats his Cheerios. We want this guy living as long as he can because when he dies, it shall come. Adam lived 930 years. Seth lived 912 years. But Methuselah lived 969 years longer than any person in history, which to me speaks of the mercy of God. God was waiting for everybody and anybody to hear the word of God. Because see, in the meantime, as Methuselah lived, he had a grandson named Noah. And his grandson Noah was building the ark. So you had two men who were witnessing of the approaching judgment. One Methuselah testifying by his life. When I die, it shall come. Noah building the ark, preparing for the day that it came. We know that Noah preached for 110 years to his generation, and he warned them. Peter tells us he was a preacher of righteousness. He warned them, he called them to repentance, and he said, if you'll just get into this ark with me and my family, you will be saved when the judgment comes. The ark was a picture of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the ark of the new covenant. And we say to people today, just get in Jesus, get into Jesus while the door is open, get into Jesus while the door is open, come to him while the door is open, make good on the day of grace because the day will come when the door is shut. That's exactly what happened in Noah's time. The Bible tells us that when you add up the ages of Methuselah's offspring, that he died just before the great flood. Some scholars take it as close as seven days before the flood, Methuselah died. And do you know that when Methuselah died, God told Noah's family, get into the ark. But the door didn't shut. They sat in that ark for seven days. We call it the seven days of God's final grace in the antediluvian age. God gave people seven days. They had heard Noah for 110 years, preaching of judgment coming, preaching of getting into the ark, preaching and telling them, you better hear me. A judgment is coming. You better get into this boat. You better get in. I know we're on dry land, but it's not always going to be that way. A cataclysm is coming. And so when Methuselah died, God told Noah and his family, get into the ark. And they sat in that ark for seven days, but the door was not shut. It was like God was saying, you've heard them for 110 years preaching about judgment. You've heard them for 110 years encouraging you to get right with me. Now you see they're in the boat. And so you better take that as a cue because you've also seen animals supernaturally drawn to this boat. I've given you a sign. I've given you a picture. I've shown you something that doesn't happen normally. Lions, bears, leopards, cheetahs, monkeys, birds coming supernaturally to the door of this ark and walking in. How much more of a sign do you need? You've seen them one after another after another loading up this ark and now the family has gone in and God gave them seven more days. And the Bible says when seven days were up, God himself shut that door and the ark 
closed and the rain began to fall. And as the waters rose and that ark began to be buoyed up by the water, they were pounding on the door, pounding on the ark, climbing trees, climbing the highest mountains, but nothing kept them from the encroaching, rising water. There was a day when it was too late and there's going to be a day when it's too late for every human being listening to my voice. The Bible says, we know that when he appears, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. And everybody who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. You see, Enoch was a sign. Methuselah, his son was a sign. Noah was a sign. And God was talking to that generation. So he changed for God when he realized God's about to send judgment. He said, I got to get right with God. I've got to walk with God. And so it makes sense to me that when Methuselah was born, Enoch began to walk with God. He changed for God. Can I tell you, sir, if ever there was a time to decide to walk with God, it is now. It's today. Don't wait. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. The Bible says today is the acceptable hour. Now is the appointed time. Don't wait like that whole generation waited and they missed God. They missed his rescue, but not Enoch. Enoch knew what was coming and he walked with God. And now, not only was he changed for God, but he aimed for God. Catch this. From this moment forward, Enoch intentionally directed his life toward God. Hebrews 11.5 tells us, before he was taken, he was commended as one that pleased God. Now, it's about to describe the way he viewed life and the way he viewed God. The very next verse, after talking about Enoch, Hebrews 11, 5 and 6, it says, without faith it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. That verse 6 is a commentary on Enoch's belief system. He said, I know not only is cataclysmic judgment coming, But I believe this about God, that if I believe that he's there and I believe he rewards those who seek him, that motivates me to live for him. You know, you can live for him out of fear or you can live for him out of faith and anticipation that God is going to do something good in your life. Well, as the old song said, soon and very soon we're going to see the king. Enoch illustrates for us in living color what the catching up of millions of God's children will look like. He was there and then he wasn't. What an incredible moment that will be for those who have trusted Christ as their Savior. Now don't touch that dial just yet because we've got some exciting things to share with our Life Talk listeners you're going to want to take advantage of. And thanks again for making Life Talk a part of your day. We are honored you took the time and trouble to listen and pray you were transformed by God's mighty word. And join me next time as we continue with part two of the message, Enoch, the first raptured man. Until then, I pray God's rich blessings be yours.
Hi, this is Pastor Jeff, and if you appreciate the straightforward Bible teaching you hear on Life Talk Radio, you can help us continue to be a voice of truth on this station. Call toll-free at 877-884-3111 or go online to lifetalkradio.us any time, day or night and make a donation to Empower Life Talk to continue transforming lives with the power of the gospel. Call 877-884-3111 or go online to lifetalkradio.us and give your best gift today. Enoch, the first raptured man, is the final message of Pastor Jeff's series, The Unsung Heroes of the Bible. You can own a copy of this 10-CD set for just $50 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, The Unsung Heroes of the Bible, for only $50 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast.